talking about our commitments. We're going through those. And um, prayer is an interesting thing to talk about because I don't know if you felt the scriptures kind of pressing us down, calling us into a place of retreat. And then we have to kind of talk about it and talk about what that means. So I want to do my best uh, to not get in the way of what the Spirit is wanting to do in us. Um, and it is an interesting thing to talk about prayer in this season because this season is, is massively busy. And it feels, if you're like me, it feels like everything is starting up. Everything is just going a million miles a minute. You're already looking forward to Christmas break. And um, we have more people watching online, I think, than we do gathered. So, and that's okay. That's fine because we're all busy. And then the commitment to prayer calls us not to um, enhance our life and our busyness with prayer, not to sprinkle prayer on top of our already adapted rhythms, but to retreat from those rhythms to our closet, to solitude, as Jesus says, or as we saw Jesus do, to retreat to the wilderness, to pray, to get away to get away from the things that we do normally, those things that draw our attention, our time, our effort. So prayer, to hear it in this season, for me at least, um, and the call to prayer is a little bit uh, disorienting because it's so opposite of the spirit in which I am. And uh, one thing that we did is we started with the prayer of the day. I love how Amy centered us on that truth that we are entering into a practice that's been uh, that's been done since the sun has been coming up on the earth. As we, I know that we're rotating. You know, I get it, but poetically, as the sun has risen across the earth, um, this prayer has been said. It's been said by those in abject poverty, those who are. Um, you know, persecuted for their faith, perhaps, those who are in war. And then it creeps over to the U.S. and the Western world, and we say the prayer in the midst of our depression, our anxiety, the abuse that's so rampant here, we say that prayer. I was, um, dra- I was going to say I wasn't dragged, but I really was dragged. I was dragged to uh, Kenya years and years ago. I did not want to go. But um, the Episcopal Church told me I should go. And so I went with a group of people. And, um, and it was life-changing. It was the most beautiful culture I've ever been a part of, um, truly. And one thing in the, in the midst of kind of being disoriented by the, the travel and the time and the, and the sickness and everything that was going on, is we went to a uh, church service, and it, was, it followed the same order as we follow here, as I had followed previously. And a lot of it was in Swahili, a lot of it was in Lua, it was just different languages. But the call to prayer was felt nevertheless. The prayer of the day, that day, was said in a language that I did not understand. But it was almost better because I could feel, I could feel something inside of me, the spirit moving, the spirit moving in them, and me and calling me to the prayer. Massively grounding. And that's what Paul talks about. 
In this letter that we just read to the church in Rome, Paul is trying to explain prayer. And what he says, and I love what uh, Rowan Williams says about this too, that, that prayer is something that we all naturally do. It's something that's rooted within us. It's put within us by design. And we can't get rid of it no matter how hard we try. But we, we long to cry out to the Creator, to cry out to Mother, to Father, Christ. What Paul says is that when that happens, when the Spirit lives within you, we talk about Jesus saying, receive the Spirit. He's always saying to his disciples, receive the Spirit, receive the Spirit. The Spirit lives within us and we're filled with the Spirit. It's the Spirit who's praying. It's the Spirit who's reaching out to Father, to Son. And we get to be a part of that that's happening within us. With groans too deep for words, it cannot be uttered. Prayers too deep for words, what Paul says, it's unexplainable. It's a spiritual act. It's something that we're almost pulled into by the Spirit, living within us, calling to Christ, connecting to one. It's that prayer for unity that we see again, that we would be one with God, Creator, Savior. That's what prayer is. Many of you have felt that in places that were too dark, too hard to try to explain, to try to come up with words. What do you tell God? What do you tell others? If we stop all that and we listen, we're attentive to the Spirit at work within us, too deep to express in words. When we're paying attention to that, when we're open to that, we become participators in the holy act of prayer. The spiritual act of prayer. That's what it is. I would say, first and foremost, prayer is allowing your spirit to do that which it desires to do, which it longs to do, to pray. So I think that it's dangerous to talk about prayer because sometimes we come at it and we put models and we put processes and we put steps on top of something that was innate in the first place, that we were made for in the first place, that the Spirit will do if we allow the Spirit to do within us anyway. And then we kind of litter it with processes and models and good ideas and there's books about prayer and all that stuff. So I'm hesitant to say anything about it except maybe our act of prayer is to truly get alone and to retreat, not only from our rhythms, from people, from whatever is going on in our lives, but also from those things that have been told about to us about what prayer should be. Are you with me on that? Okay, maybe not. See, sometimes prayer is like, we kind of treat it like a PowerPoint presentation. Have you ever been in a, um, in a small group, like Christian small group? We've all been a part of that, maybe. And someone says, like, well, I just need help paying my rent. And then what happens is everyone, okay, let's bow our heads and let's pray about this. And I've been a part of this. 
actually happened to me at Bloom, this situation. And then it's just one by one, it's like everyone takes their turn, you know, like summarizing the situation, telling God what God should do and what we should do. And it's kind of like God clearly, you see, if you look at the graph, that like Janine's rent, her income is below that which she needs to pay rent. And then what we need you to do is to give this much money, fill in the neck, keep her in the black, and then there's some advice. And maybe like, you know, lead her to a place that she could work harder or that she could whatever. You know, that's what happens. And, and prayer becomes this bizarre conversation with your eyes closed looking down. And people say things during prayer that they would not otherwise say. It's almost like social media. Because your eyes closed, you're looking down, no one's going to refute it, no one's going to be like, what a jerk, because it's prayer, right? You, you know what I'm saying? I've heard stories that people, I mean, some of them are like funny, and some of them are like so sad. What people have been told in prayer by Christians, hopefully in other spaces besides this, hopefully, but you know, like I was told that I moved to the wrong city, this, this girl that I prayed with. Um, years and years ago, she came, she was a girl, she was like 25. Um, this woman came for prayer and, and said uh, she just can't feel at home. Then she realized, she remembered, someone told me in prayer that I had made a mistake by moving to Denver. And so every day that I live here, I feel like I'm disappointing God. That was catastrophic. We're told all sorts of crazy things in prayer. And I think part of it is because we're just trying to help. I think people are just trying to help, right? But that's not what prayer is. It is not, I have a problem, let me present it to the community, and we close our eyes and look down and kind of talk about it, right? I mean, who's been in a space like that, right? So then, what is it? Well, that's hard. Because it's exactly what Paul said it is. It's a spirit moving within us in ways that we cannot understand or express in our rational mind. It's a connection to the divine, to Christ, to each other that we cannot understand. It's something that just happens if we allow it to happen. It's something that we're told in Scripture, if we don't know how, if we're not seeing it, then we just ask. And the Spirit will lead us to pray. So we take our hands off of it and off of every book we've read and model we're trying to follow or quiet time plan. We take our hands off of it. We take our control off of it and we just let it happen. And sometimes it's just a breath. Much of the church was really preserved in the wilderness and monasteries in the dark ages. And what preserved them was not this, like, it was not great sermons, it wasn't good music, it wasn't all that stuff that we think it is, it was prayer. And these practices like silence, meditation, breath, just allowing ourselves to be drawn back into the reality of the divine, that preserved the church. Through some of the hardest history that humanity has suffered. Solitude. 
presence and allowance for the Spirit to move within us. Are you with me? So what does the church say about prayer? Now it's going to get a little, it's going to feel a bit, let's put that catechism up there. What is prayer? Prayer is responding to God by thought and by deeds, with or without words. It's primarily a response. That's what we're seeing. It's responding to the reality of the divine, to Christ within us, to the spirit. It's responding to that. Thought by deeds, with or without words. What is Christian? <laughs> what is Christian prayer? Christian prayer is response to God the Father through Jesus Christ in the power of the Holy Spirit. So it's basically saying it's responding to God through Christ who saved us, who saw us, who draws us back into that union with God in the power of, of who? The answer is right there. It's open book. The Holy Spirit. In the power of the Holy Spirit. So who is, who is doing the praying, if you want to? Who's doing the praying here? The Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is the one doing the praying. What, what prayer did Christ teach us? Our Lord gave us an example of our prayer known as the Lord's Prayer. We said that, or we'll say it in a little bit. We say it as we come to the table, and we just read that. But basically, that's, it's... it's Acknowledging reality, God in heaven. It's setting our intention to that. Then he moves to an acknowledgement of our dependence on God. Give us everything that we need. Give us our daily bread. That we see God, that we see ourselves, we see our need, and then we move to this place of almost speaking restoration. And your kingdom come, your will be done. We're joining in with that, with a divine rhythm that we see God as beauty. We see our need for God and we long and we, we acknowledge our longing for God. And then we end up saying, may it be so. May this be my reality. That to me is basically what the Lord's Prayer is saying. We be drawn into the reality of the divine, of forgiveness, of unity. Do you see it? So Christ gave us that example. It's beautiful. It is a beautiful prayer. And then lastly, what are the principal kinds of prayer? And this is like, this is the church's best guess at trying to categorize this stuff for those of us who need lists and categories. You know, it's, but again, it's kind of like, we don't really know. Like, we're, we're trying to hold this lightly, but, but kind of what we see here, adoration and praise, like, again, that acknowledgement of God. Life is good. Life is a gift. And then thanksgiving, that we set our hearts to be thankful, not to gripe, not to complain for that which we don't have, but to be thankful for this life. Penitence, that's, that's another thing that comes up. So this is kind of what people have seen. This comes up in prayer. Penitence saying, I'm not living rightly. I'm not living in a way that's inspired by Christ fully. We're received in the presence of Christ as we confess. Oblation is offering ourselves. We have this 
Some are drawn to have this offering everything that we have for the sake of love in our world. And it's actually what we're doing at the table. So the, the ancient understanding of this is that as we come to the table and receive all that Christ has given us and everything that Christ is to us, that we are an offering first, that we lay everything that we are down to Christ. It's that prayerful act. Some of you have been drawn into these things by the Spirit. Intercession. It's interceding. Intercepting. When you see someone that's being, I don't have the word for it, but um, I'll, I'll just say attacked is what it came up. But by things like anxiety, depression, feeling like they are alone. When you see someone feeling that way, you can join them with the Spirit and say, that's not true. Or maybe our prayer is like the, you know, with words. And petition, allowing the Spirit to call out for those things that we need deep within us in a place of great need. Call it to the Spirit. That's kind of, this catechism is kind of how the church is, they're like, this is kind of what we've seen. Does that make sense? It doesn't mean, do not leave here and go, okay, I need to sit down and I need to do these things in a, in a row, Right? Are you with me? Do, that is not what it's saying. It's like observational science, observational spirituality or theology, whatever you want to call it. The, the church is just saying, when the spirit starts to move in a human being, calling out to Christ, calling out to God, in that spiritual act that what the church used to say, that mysterious act that we call prayer, this is like the texture of what we have seen it look like. Are you with me on that? Sometimes it's just you're being, you're drawn up into the beauty of God. Sometimes it's, it's, you're drawn up into thanksgiving. You're just so thankful. Sometimes it's confession. Sometimes you're so, you're, you're pleading for someone else. That is what it is. But it doesn't mean, this is not prescriptive, it's descriptive. Yes. So, so that's what the church has seen. But it goes back to the beginning. It goes back to the Lord's Prayer. It goes back to what Jesus was saying. Retreat from your daily life, from everything. Pull back, go into your closet, whatever it be, what, what Paul is saying. This is the Spirit moving within you in a way that you can't explain. That's what prayer is. And it puts us at the mercy of God to pray. So maybe for some of us, our first act of prayer is getting in a place, quiet, breathe, do your tapping, whatever you need to do, calm, and you say, Spirit, move within me, fill me, teach me to pray. That may be it. But that's better than thinking that you can pray on your own. Right? It's better than coming before God and saying, Today is the day you have made, and these are the things that need to happen. And da 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 da, like that's all in your head, right? 
People always get shocked at Bloom. You know, when we pray or they're with the staff, we say, let's pray. And then most of the time, we just sit there in silence and people are kind of like, am I supposed to jump in? We're waiting for the Spirit to move. A life of prayer is a posture in which we are constantly expecting the Spirit to move. We're responding to the Spirit in us. You with me? So this is a game of how many ways can I say the same thing? is what this sermon is called. <laughs> I was uh, right there. I look up into the comments, and I see all these people doing this, like six people like doing this. And the first thing that came up, my, I was like, it's happening. And I was like, what is happening? Like, what do I think is going to, like, we've become zombies or something? Like, and <laughs> which is a weird thing to think, like, that, you know, the thing that I feared, well, I didn't know I feared, sub- subconsciously, <laughs> subconsciously that spoke, whatever. But um, I look and I go up there and I'm like, oh, there's a baby on the ground. <laughs> and all these people are just like, in, you know, just locked in with this baby. And um, people have asked me, so, well, what, is our, what do our values actually look like? Beauty, sacrament, and restoration, they're so lofty. So I was thinking about this as we were singing. That's what they look like. This Maeve Drummond, well, she didn't walk in. She got carried into, the, <laughs> into our space. And all of a sudden, humanity, and everything that we do and everything that we try to be and all these, you know, we have our you know, political systems and our progress and everything and our, our to-do list and our teams. And our, all of a sudden, we're reduced down to the most simple, basic posture that we can be as humans. And, we're, and we can't help it. We're drawn to this. Ba- I did it too. We're drawn to this new life. Why? Because it's beautiful. She's beautiful. And we can't stay away. So we all stoop down. <laughs> And then, like, you're in touch with something that really, like, this is actually what it means, feeling like what it actually means to be human for a second. And we're drawn into this mystery of life and death and cycle in this little baby. It's the evidence of things unseen. It's the visible manifestation of an invisible grace, that sacrament We're drawn, then we're participating in it. So it's sacrament again. Same thing that happens at this table. We're drawn into the mystery of life. And know what we also do? It just happens. We see this blank canvas. We see this new life, and we start to, what happens? We start to hope. We start to hope for this new life. What would she become? Look at her. She's going to be strong. She's going to stand up for what's right. You know, we say these things, right? That's restoration. Our values just got lived out by people stooping down and tranced with this baby. We're going to have a lot more of them around here in a little bit, so we can all live out our values. <laughs> I say that to say, It's something that happens to us. 
Beauty happens to us. Sacrament happens to us. Restoration actually does happen to us that we can participate. Prayer happens to us. It's almost the container by which all things spiritually do happen. Are you with me on this? That's why Paul blows it up so beautifully. So let it happen to you. Give yourself, all you have to do is give yourself the space and the time to let it happen. To let it happen. And whatever thought comes in your head, let the Holy Spirit like eat it and assume it and just turn it into, even if it's like, well, you know, God doesn't love me, or this is stupid, this isn't real, you know, this is what happens to me, this is, this is weird, I don't know. You sit with that for a little bit, and you let the Holy Spirit assume it, and do what the Spirit does. Let it happen to you. Step away, just like Christ is calling us, to your closet, to the wilderness, to a place that's far away from the rhythms and the temptations of this life, and let it happen.